welcome and thanks for tuning in to Real People, Real Talk. Relevant conversations that take you from surviving to thriving. This is the podcast that goes there. My name is Paul Calco and I'm your host. Now let's talk. Hello, Thriver, and welcome to the Real People, Real Talk podcast. Thank you, and I mean this, thank you so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate you, and I really hope that you have gotten off to a great start to this new month of August. And speaking of the month of August, I want to say happy birthday to my dear mom, Paula Calcote, whose birthday is on the 7th. Happy birthday, and I love you. But here's why you should listen. Today, I want to revisit the intersection of faith and mental health. And basically, what I want to talk about today is how do you thrive mentally and emotionally? What does that look like? So we're going to get right into the content today, my friend. And in this episode, I have three goals. Number one, I want to raise awareness about mental health, which is an issue that's often overlooked. It's often over-spiritualized, and I really want to use this episode to do what I can in my corner of the world to break the stigma surrounding this topic. And the second thing I want to do, I want to provide practical steps that you can take that will help you to thrive mentally and emotionally. And third and greatest of all, my goal for this episode is to remind you of the hope that we have in Jesus. No matter how bad you may be struggling mentally, No matter how bad you may be struggling emotionally, I want to remind you of the blessed assurance, the hope that we have in Jesus and in Christ alone. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, nearly one in five U.S. adults live with a mental illness. And more specifically, I've heard it said about depression that depression is the common code of life. In other words, every now and then we all go through it just at various degrees. Now, depression and all other mental health issues, they're, they're nothing to be ashamed of. I want you to really hear my heart on this, but it is something that we should address. And I want you to understand this, my friend. God isn't angry with you. He's not disappointed with you. He's not upset with you. Whenever you are struggling mentally and emotionally or may even be depressed because struggling mentally and struggling emotionally, it doesn't mean that you're weak. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily doing something wrong. It simply means that you're human. A simple Google search revealed that the following famous people, they struggle with their mental health, struggle with depression. I'm the comedian Jim Carrey, the great actor Leonardo DiCaprio, Beethoven, President Abraham Lincoln, NFL star Dak Prescott, NBA star DeMar DeRozan. And if more people were honest, this list would be even longer. Now let's talk about the Bible. Even though whenever I read the Bible and whenever you read the Bible, you won't see the word depression, but you will see some events that biblical characters face where they struggled mentally and emotionally. And these things could have caused depression, but they were struggling. I give you several biblical examples. Think about Joseph of the old Testament. This man was betrayed by his very own blood brothers. He was sold into slavery and then he was unjustly thrown in prison. This man was in a foreign land away from his family, away from his friends, away from his comfort zone, away from home. Surely this was a recipe to struggle mentally 
and emotionally. Next, I think about King David. This man, he had a son. One of his sons' name was Amnon. And Amnon raped his sister, which was David's daughter, and her name was Tamar. Then another son, Absalom, tries to kill Amnon, and then he tries to take over David's kingdom. Another thing that could have added to David struggling mentally and emotionally, his son by Bathsheba died within days of being born. And man, when you read the book of Psalms, you will get a glimpse into the mind and the heart of David. He even penned these words, Psalms 42 and 11. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will praise him, my Savior and my God. A couple of more examples. I think about Job. Oh, my goodness. This man literally lost everything in a span of hours. All 10 of his kids were killed. He lost his possessions and he even lost his health. He struggled mentally and he struggled emotionally and it could have affected him. Now, Jonah, he spent three nights in the belly of a whale and he said these words, according to Jonah 4, 3. Now, O Lord, take away my life for it is better for me to die than to live. It sounds like he's asking God to take his life. That's a dangerous place to be. Um, Another example of somebody asking God to take their life is the great prophet Elijah. We see in first Kings chapter 19, I'm going to read a couple of verses for you picking up at verse two and going through five. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent the messenger to Elijah and said, may the gods deal with me and be it ever so severely. If by this time tomorrow, or do not make your life my own. And at the words, she was threatening to kill Elijah. Verse three continues. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life, struggling mentally, struggling emotionally. I put that in there. And when he came to Bathsheba in Judah, he left his servant there. Verse four. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. He said, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. And he laid down under the bush and fell asleep. And all at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. I read all of those verses to let you know this. Elijah was struggling to the point where he asked God to take his life. And if you're at that point and you have been thinking about suicide, I just want to tell you, suicide is not the way to go. Any thoughts about hurting yourself, any thoughts about harming yourself is not of the Lord, but rather it's of the enemy. And no matter how bad life may seem right now, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Don't give up on yourself because God has not given up on you. Keep hope alive. Keep living, my friend. I just want to encourage you with that. Amen. So this was the same Elijah that God fed him through ravens. That's a miracle. This was the same Elijah that resurrected a dead person. This was the same Elijah that parted a river. The same Elijah that was caught up in a whirlwind into heaven. And let me explain that. In other words, he didn't just experience a regular death where he died and people bury him and they see his body, etc. But the Lord, you know, to put it in our common language, he sent the limousine ride to pick him up and to bring him straight to heaven with that of a whirlwind that brought him to heaven. This great man of God, Elijah, he struggled mentally. He struggled emotionally. And guess what? God still used him. (laughs) 
Despite your issues, my friends, and despite your flaws, you are loved by God. You I, let me say that one more time. Despite your issues, despite your flaws, you are loved by God, and God wants to use you in a mighty way. Maybe saying, "Paul, me like I struggle mentally. I struggle." Emotionally, I got some issues going on And I'm here to tell you that We serve a God that can handle all of your issues You just got to surrender your life to him And trust him with your life So all in all, this list of famous people And this list of biblical characters Inform us that depression As well as mental struggles As well as emotional struggles Can happen to any of us But please understand this You are not alone The Bible says that he would never leave us And he would never forsake us The devil tries to deceive us And to make us think that we're alone Or to make us think that we're the only person That's struggling mentally and emotionally But I just want to let you know You're not alone Other people have struggled And God has healed And God has delivered And there is hope and healing In the person of Jesus Christ now allow me to explain and define a few things when I Think about the word depression um, It's defined as misery, um, unhappiness And sadness is caused by failure or loss And I just want to give you some causes of depression um, Also known as give you some triggers of depression These things can trigger a depression in your life Just so you can be aware of these things And respond accordingly And here they are Death of a family member A breakup a divorce, losing a job, other major disappointments and failures. Maybe you didn't get the job that you want. You didn't get the grade that you want. You didn't graduate on time, etc. Um, another trigger is unforgiveness. Like this is proven, man. When you're holding on to that unforgiveness and you're holding on to that bitterness and you hold it on to that resentment, that can cause depression in your life. I did an entire episode about the freedom that's found in forgiveness. And I'll leave that in the link so you can be blessed by that sermon as well. Another thing is a lack of sleep, a lack of nutritional food um, are factors as well. Another thing that we might not think about as it relates to struggling mentally and emotionally is unhealthy comparison. Ooh, I can do a whole sermon on this. Be careful that you're not envious of somebody else's spouse. Mm, I feel like preaching. Be careful. That you're not envious of somebody else's house or their job or their material possessions. Because I want you to understand this, that the same God that blessed them is the very same God that can bless you. It's not like, you know, once God has done those things in their life, he gets to you and he's, you know, run out of blessings. We serve an infinite sovereign God. He's more than enough. And so speaking of unhealthy comparison, be careful with your social media consumption. As you're just seeing all the things that, you know, they may have and you're only seeing the highlight reel, you're only seeing the things that they want you to see. Just be careful with that. I mean, just like with money, um, social media is neutral. It's neither good or bad, but just be careful with that as you have a front seat to what's going on in other people's lives. I want to encourage you to stay in your lane. In other words, realize that what God has for you is for you. And I want you to measure your success based on God's word and not on the standards of this world Don't base it on the zeros in your bank account Don't base it on these temporary things or your relationship status But base it on whether or not you're fulfilling your God-given destiny Be careful of unhealthy comparison 
Because comparison, as I said before, is a dangerous game to play. So stay in your lane and trust God's will and trust his timing for your life. Okay. Now I want to get real practical right here. I want to give you 10 keys to thriving mentally and emotionally. I don't want to just tell you what to do or about struggles, but I want to tell you how to overcome. I want to tell you how to thrive. And number one is to maintain your connection with Jesus. Listen, my friend, whatever you may be going through, don't leave God out. Maintain your connection to Jesus. Consistent time in the word, consistent time in prayer. That's where you get your help when you're seeking out the God. The second thing is I want you to think about what you're thinking about. In other words, depression is is often the result of thinking about the wrong things. Our minds, if we're not careful, they tend to create problems that never have existed. The Bible tells us in Philippians 4, 8 to think about these things. It says, finally, my brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such thing. Number three, I want to encourage you to find community and to be around people. But to be around the right people, people that when you leave, you feel like your cup is full instead of your cup being um, drained, so to speak. Once again, do not isolate yourself. That's why church is so important as people of God is God's will for our lives to go to church because we are better together. We're stronger together. And church is indeed essential to the life of the Christian. That's the place where you can find your spiritual home. Church is a place that provides accountability. It provides encouragement. It's an opportunity for you to grow in your faith and it can serve as a support system. That's why it says in Hebrews 10, 25, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. In other words, go to church. Number four, journal. This can really improve your mood by expressing your feelings. There's different type of journals you can do. You can do a prayer journal. And this just can remind you of all the answered prayers that God has done for you. Um, it can remind you of things that God has delivered you from or healed you of. And just once again, serve as a visible and tangible reminder of the goodness, the greatness and the faithfulness of God. The way that I journal is a bit of um, a diary. I kind of keep up with what's going on in my life. And my favorite part about the journal that I keep is when in January I read the journal from the year before and I look back at some of those times where I was down or where, you know, I was a little discouraged or I had a problem or had an issue and I read the end of the year and I look back on it and how God has delivered and how God has showed up and how God is make a way. It's so important to chronicle the goodness of God. So therefore, when you encounter another problem, you can look back at your journal and say, oh, if God delivered me from this, he can deliver me from what I'm going through right now. Because the Bible declares that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Another one is a gratitude journal, which leads me into number five. Count your blessings. Not figuratively, but literally. This is a great reminder of what God has already blessed you with. 
you know, get out a piece of paper or a note in your phone and just begin to list the things that God has blessed you with. And I guarantee you by the end of that list, when you look back over, it, you will be in a better mood spiritually, mentally and emotionally. Number six, as we're talking about how to thrive mentally and emotionally. Number six, do not cope with sin. Mm. Do not cope with sin. It only make matters worse. Whether it's sex, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, or whether it's food, do not cope with sin or these substances. Don't do not run to these things, but run to God. Number seven, this is my personal favorite. Be intentional and plan your joy. Don't just let life pass you by. Those things that bring you joy, those things that make you smile, plan that. Put that on your calendar. Put that on your to-do list. Uh, some of the things that bring me joy that I do on a weekly basis is uh, playing playing basketball. I'm a weekly date night with my wife. And just have something to look forward to each day, each week, each month. Be intentional and plan your joy. What does that look like for you? Is that sleeping in? Is that eating your favorite food? What is it for you? Number eight, and I may sound like a parent here, but get your rest, get your sleep. One of my favorite days of the week is Friday. Um, that's my off day. I love my job, but I also love my off day. We're just a different pace where I can sleep in, um, maybe even take a nap, but relax and be restored and recharged. Rest restores. We're not meant to be doing everything all the time. We need to have a healthy pace and a healthy rhythm. So get your rest and get your sleep. Number nine, exercise. Yes, this releases endorphins. It reduces stress. It improves your self-esteem. Y'all, there have been some days where I really didn't feel like working. I, I normally work out on my lunch break, even though there have been some days where I did not want to go work out. But I went anyway, and I have yet to regret a workout. I always feel better after I get it done. Exercise, my friend, whether it's lifting weights or cardio, but get your blood pumping. So before we get to number 10, quick recap is I want to give you 10 keys to thriving mentally and emotionally. Maintain your connection with Jesus was number one. Number two, think about what you're thinking about. Number three, find community. Number four, journal. Number five, count your blessings. Number six, do not cope with sin. Number seven, plan your joy. Number eight, get your rest and get your sleep. Number nine, exercise. And number 10, consider Christian counseling. Counseling, it doesn't mean that you're weak. Um, it means that you're honest enough, you're wise enough, you're strong enough, you're brave enough to ask for help when you know that you need it. Now, a few reminders, first Peter five and seven, it says to cast all your care upon him for he cares for you. When you read second Corinthians chapter one, verses three and four, it talks about God being the God of all comfort. And remember that he is the God of all comfort and he has given us the Holy spirit to be our comforter and to be with us at all times. God sees you. God knows you. God cares for you. And God loves you. You are not alone. It's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay not to get help. And the help could be found in Jesus. 
and the other ways that he has given us to cope with these things. So thank you so much for tuning in today. If you like what you heard today, be sure to share this episode with a friend today. You can simply text them the link and say, check out this episode. And that will do it for today. So I want you to thrive mentally and thrive emotionally. Enjoy this new month of August. Go be all that God has called you to be. Be blessed.